I hope you are well and safe. It is the 8th of December 2020, the year that never ends, or the year that never goes outside anyway. I'm Todd Brinker. This is Back from the Brink. Aaron will be joining us momentarily. Um, We were talking earlier about stuff that you can do in the Southern California area. Um, California is now in a lockdown in a, well, I guess they're not calling it a lockdown. They're calling it a stay at home order, but uh, essentially there's a lot of stuff that uh, you can't go do anymore because they close stuff down, but there is stuff you can do. You can do a lot of outdoor things. So if you want to go f- take a hike or walk around in parks or canyons, you can do that. There's botanical gardens that are open, generally speaking, um, sort of rule of thumb, most things that are open are beaches and piers, skate parks, campgrounds, community gardens, drive-in theaters, golf courses. Oh, here's Aaron. Hi. Good morning, ever so slowly. Anyway, how's life? It's beautiful. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's gorgeous outside. 54 degrees. Yeah, I imagine. So Has the wind started kicking up yet? Not, not in Redlands. Um, but, you know, probably over in Rialto, north end of San Bernardino, Fontana, Ontario. Yeah, yeah. they said it's going to be a gusty day, so we'll yep. see what happens. We'll see. Yeah, this is it wreaks havoc on my allergies. It seems like my eyes are, are like dust magnets for everything blowing in the wind. Yes. And I, I get these sneezing fits that last like five minutes and 30 sneezes long. Yes. And uh, yes. and I'm and just, you, it's you miserable. You're, you're, you're sneezing so hard, you're going to pop a blood vessel in your eye or something. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, please stop, please stop. You know, it's just, oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. So, um, you know, your wife is going to be on, on holiday break here. And um, is she going to start all of her yeah. cookie making, cookie baking? couple couple weeks out i would expect that would be the case uh just knowing knowing the lady as i do that uh, <laughs> there shall be cookies in our house which will be you know bad news for me because that means that i will be eating cookies so i was you know that i want to start baking and he's like why elaine bakes everything <laughs> yeah. Why do the work when you can just enjoy the results? Exactly. Yeah. And I am not a baker. Yeah. He knows that. Not that I've made anything that's gross. I just don't make anything. Like I buy, I buy a, a bag of flour and I have it forever. As a matter of fact, I keep it uh-huh. in the freezer because I want it to stay fresh for a long time. Yeah. That and yeah. I want to keep bugs and stuff out of it. Yeah, yeah, that's not a bad place. We that's what we, we we keep some in a tub that she uses regularly, but then the excess that's in the bag, we, you know, if we if there's some if we don't dump the whole bag in the little flower tub that we have, then it stays in the freezer until we're ready for it. The um yeah, you know. I mean, you could take up con- confectionaries. You could start doing that. That you could, you could be the candy person and thing. There you go. Cuz that's what I'm I saying this totally yeah, and I'm saying this totally without any thought for the fact that I might then get some candies, too. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Maybe I should make some caramel. I do love caramel apples. So, so maybe I should make yeah. some caramels. Yeah. Although yeah, caramel apples some... is something we usually associate with uh, Halloween. Yeah, yeah. 
But, you know, you could also, um, uh, you know, do different types of caramelized candies and stuff. There's different ways of doing that. I mean, there's there's a whole world of confections out there for, you know, I've never for, my, for my brother to sample. I'm, I'm looking out for you, Tobin. <laughs> Have they closed the gyms? I know the one by the station has has looked pretty busy at the times that I've been over there. Yes, I'm and the, the, uh, the department is not is not paying attention. Yeah, giving it a nod and a wink and going by. Well, that's what they've all said. You know, the most of the sheriffs and police departments have said we're just not we're not going to enforce it. We're, you know, you 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 go on your own. We're going on on honor system, and apparently yes. they're very dishonorable. Actually, I think they just want to pay their bills, which I you know is is a reasonable thing to to want. Yeah. The, I mean, um, yes. I know yes. the gym nearest me, near my grocery store, is uh, has been open, and they moved a bunch of stuff out into the uh, parking lot and fenced it off so they could have outdoor areas as well. But this, you know, this this latest um, stay at home thing says that you know you're not even supposed to go to a gym set up outdoors, which I think yeah. again makes no sense at all. This is my favorite you know? phrase for everything COVID: fight me. And I say this yeah. because. You know, I, I am increasingly becoming aware of of family situations where, you know, they've been they've had one or both parents out of work for months and they're at risk of losing their losing everything, losing their business, yeah. losing, um, you know, they're, they're not knowing if their job, if they don't own the business, not knowing if the business will stay afloat. So they'll have a job when it's all over, not being able to find anything else because their entire industry has been shut down. This is stupid. This mm-hmm. is stupid. Stupid. You know, is, yeah. the I, um, on, is the death rate so high on this virus that people have to lose their livelihoods and become destitute to shut it down, you know, to stop the virus? I don't think so. Yeah, but if somebody gave, I mean, if you personally were given the option, be homeless or die, what would you choose? I know it's. I know that's not the choice. I'm just that's, saying that's, that's, that's the mental. That's, a, that's, a that's the mental economy. gymnastics that I know. But those. That's the mental gymnastics people are doing. That's what they're doing. They're saying, "Well, what would you rather do? Lose your job or die?" Yeah, um, all you care about is you know, money. And it's like, well, that's stupid. not the question. No, that's I mean, not, did they that's, shut down yeah. the schools when polio was happening? No. Yeah. Well, and notice they didn't shut down. They, there was no mention about schools, and in fact. I know for a fact that schools who have been doing online or on-ground teaching are allowed to continue. So there will be a bunch of kids sitting in classrooms still going on. Yeah, well. Now, if if the school had not gone online, they're not supposed to go online during this time. Or not online. But if they had not gone back to in-classroom teaching, they're not supposed to make that transition during this time. But if they had already been on in-classroom teaching, they may continue it. I just, I think how we're handling this is ridiculous, especially since, you know, the stimulus check stopped six months ago. So if the government, I am not for giving a kid, everybody getting a government handout unless the government has itself shut down everybody's businesses. So, and they have, they've shut everything down. Fine. Then you have to pay people to stay home. Otherwise, expect them to get up, to go, go out there and do whatever they have to do to do survive. Yeah, no, that's that's just 
the fa- the facts of it. I'm trying to find the article. There was a story about a um, uh, a person who was uh, like a numbers person who was doing calculations on how bad the virus was, what the real what the statistics are for the state of Florida. And they fired her and then they just raided her house and took all of her computers and her laptops and uh, uh, some memory sticks and stuff. Um, they're claiming that she somehow got into the state information database that she says she they shut off her password. She says, I have no way of getting into that stuff anymore. Um, but she's saying that the numbers that they're publishing are false. In every that state, the numbers even that the, those with Democratic governors? In February, in Florida, in Florida. Okay. She's saying I, the numbers that Florida is publishing are false. And and I don't remember what whether she was saying that they were too high or too low or she just and so she posted what she thought were the real numbers because um, she said what happens is is I would put the numbers together and then they would go to a politician who would then massage them air quotes and that the real numbers were not being put out there and so she pu- then published on her own after they fired her on her own website she then created a website saying here's what the real numbers are and um, and then the uh, they basically raided her house um now she she has had some questionable behavior in the past too so she's a little she she might be a little flaky well you know that that remains to be seen doesn't mean she's wrong um but apparently they showed up at her house at like eight o'clock in the morning pounding on the door and she wouldn't let them in and then they called her on the phone and she wouldn't answer the phone (laughs) and so they so they basically got a, a a warrant and and busted into the house and took all her stuff know anything she, about this woman whether she's yeah. a political activist whether her numbers were true or not whether i don't you know i don't know anything about her so i don't yeah. have a comment i know about that, she, that. She, yeah she has um i do know that she and I, this is all from memory because i can't find the stupid article but she did um uh, uh file a uh for a whistleblower protection so um you know we'll see what comes of that and what those numbers actually end up being you know, yesterday we talked about the fact that um, uh, Bob Dylan sold his song catalog. Yes. Apparently David Crosby is now trying to sell his song catalog as well. He says that uh, because of his debauchery in his youth, he basically needs income to pay his mortgage or he will get kicked out of his house. And uh, and he's not able to go out and do his job because his job is being a musician. And so he's got to sell his song catalog. Uh, in order to have some money so that he can not get evicted. Well, yeah, I'm pretty sure all of his, uh, he either smoked or snorted, snort, smoked, snorted, or shot up all of his, his uh, royalties that he earned uh, to date. He's got yeah. to create new streams of revenue. Yeah, yeah, although he does, in, in his, uh, in his uh, Twitter post about it, does say that uh, streaming stole my record money. So, I don't know that apparently true. his... Well, I think it is true to the extent that all musicians, the 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 landscape has changed. They don't, they're not making any money from selling records anymore. They're, you know, and the streaming industry pays like four one thousandths of a cent per download for songs, and so um, you know okay. you get, you know, it's 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 pennies on the dollar compared to what they used to make. So now the the music industry has switched to, you know, you make all of your money when you're out touring. Well. With COVID, nobody's out touring. Nobody's out so, touring. 
again, right? So why mu- is it that musicians you can go are and do yoga in the park at the cemetery, but you can't go to right. an outdoor concert. Right. You know, I suspect that if if he, uh, you know, announced on Twitter, "Hey, I'm going to do a concert in the park," you know, for donations so that I don't lose my house, he'd get a buttload of people showing up. Oh, I think he would. I'd go. Yeah. You know, I mean, he lives here in Southern California. He could just pick a spot and just say, you know, he can get a license to be a, um, uh, you know, because I think you have to be licensed if you're going to, what do they call it, the um, the people who sing on the street corners? Um, uh, street, a street, I can't remember. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I was going to say There's a, a term for that street. Yeah, street there's a term for the street perform. Yeah, but it's not just street performer. There's a, there's a term for it. I'm, I can't remember what it is, but... Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, he could he could do that. Although they probably wouldn't give him a license right now, right? Because the the building shut down because nobody's working. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, again, it's like it's just the stupidity of it all. Like I said, yeah, you, you well, can do yoga at the cemetery, but you can't go to an outdoor concert. Yeah, well, and, and like I, the, you know, the DMV's shut down, so like if your license expires, you can't get a new driver's license right now. And so the DMV has said statewide, then just use the one you've got. We, we've extended the expiration dates on all the existing licenses, so you're okay. But if you go in somewhere and you want to, say, buy alcohol or something with an expired license, they're going to say, no, that we won't take that, which is stupid. I've always thought the whole thing about not, you know, someplace not accepting an expired license as your ID. It's still my ID. It has my picture on it. It was issued by the state. Yes, it's expired, but you can clearly see it's me. That's proof that I am me. It, it is no less valid just because it, a, a date passed. It yeah. seems silly to me. No, 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 no. But, you could be a different there are, person now, Todd. Yeah, I could have changed who I am when you since since my last birthday. You could be Tanya. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That would be a good name for me if I was going to, you know, if I, if I were so inclined. Tanya. Yeah, I don't think so. I would be the ugliest woman on the planet. I just, no, you yeah, the, the, the <laughs> yeah, I think so. The viral video yeah. of, of, of you getting mad at somebody with a deep voice going, it's ma'am, it's ma'am. Yeah. Yeah, that could, that, that could go big. That could go big. That said, ge- genetically, the gene set makes, makes some very lovely women, you know? I mean, I've, I've got a, a sister who is, who's very pretty. So, um, you know, it's in there somewhere. It just ain't me. Well, you look like a man because you are one. Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> a manly man. Man, 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 manly man. <laughs> yes, I'm not paying anything for singing that. It was less than eight seconds. It was part of a mockumentary. <laughs> so stated. It is. The, the level of absurdity is no, it's not off the charts. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm fine. <laughs> it's not Monty Python. Just a scratch, flesh wound. Excuse <coughs> me. <laughs> God. Yeah. So I'm kind of looking forward to trying out these um, uh, Air AirPods Max. Of course, you can't do that now, you know, because again, COVID. Most of the Apple stores. In fact, did you know that most of the Apple stores have changed their layouts? They're now, when you come into the store, you know, you used to come in and there was like tables and then they would have like a, a, um, 
like a bar in the back where, in fact, they called it the Genius Bar, where you could go and and transact business or whatever back at the in the very back of the store. They now have moved that bar like to the very front of the store, so when you come in, there's not really a a um, uh, showcase area at all. It's just that bar, and you can come in and drop off something or pick up something there, but that's it. So you can't so go beyond the bar, they're... right? Oh, that's weird. Yeah. The Victoria Garden Store has apparently switched over to that. So so if you come into the store, you don't actually, you know, you can only go in like 10 feet and that's it. And then right there is a bar and there's somebody there and they will ask, you know, how can we help you? And, and you know, do you want to, are you picking up something you ordered online or are you dropping something off for service? And that's pretty much all they're doing right now so in their I, stores. I am one of those who finds the Apple Store, even when it's open, is normal. One of the most frustrating and annoying uh, stores ever, ever. Really? Yes, I cannot stand it. Just because of the crowds that it draws? It, it's the crowds and it's the chaos, right? So mm-hmm. um, you, you're like, so if I've, I've made an appointment and i got to try to figure out and, and tackle somebody who's working with somebody else um, to help me for, on my appointment, and, you know, it's just, it's, it's just chaos. It's not clear where, you, where you're supposed to be if you make an appointment versus just walking in and... I, I just don't like it. Right. I don't like it at all. That's interesting because I've had several instances where I've gone in for like service calls where I've had appointments and stuff. And generally speaking, you can go talk to literally anybody who's in an Apple shirt. And, you know, yeah, there's usually they're busy with people. But a lot of times there's, you know, there's one or two of them because they usually have oodles of employees in there. Um, and, you know, you can find somebody who's looking around to see who they can talk to. And so you just get their eyes and just say, hey, I'm here for an appointment. And okay. They'll lo- they'll check you in and say, go stand over here and somebody will be with you in just a minute. And I've never had an so issue with that. I mean, I, 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 yeah. I, granted, looking at it, it looks like cats running amok. But... Okay. I, it's interesting. Maybe I've only ever been when it's super crowded because, you know, just I've not I've, – I've had a difficult time finding a person in an Apple shirt. Yes, there's a lot of staff, but there's also a lot of customers. And maybe I'm – I'm trying right. to think when I've been. It's been during the holidays, I'm going to be honest, and that's probably right. my problem. Yeah. I will say that that it is a little disconcerting that there is no uh, visual indicators as to where to go to check in. And so if you don't know that, you have to ask somebody. Of course, that's their point, is they want you to just ask somebody, and anybody can check you in. Um, but it just seems weird that there's no, like, you know, appointments here sign or something, because they exactly. don't do that at all. Or a kiosk and, where you can go sign yourself in, right? I mean, if they had right. kiosks around the stores where you can check in that way, and that you mm-hmm. know, like, maybe there's, you know, go to employee, at, you know, something lights up, mm-hmm. and you know you can go to this employee or that employee or whatever. Did, um, did you know that you, if you have the Apple Store app on your iPhone, which comes as a default, so you'd have to take it off if you didn't want it there, um, that you if you've ch- you you can check in for your appointment on that too once you show up because you will attach to their Wi-Fi in the store and it will then um, it will then automatically log you in so you can do it from your phone as well. Oh, I did not know that. So you don't have to. Yeah, so you don't even have to talk to anybody if you don't feel like it. The other weird thing, which is strange, you know, is there's no cash registers that you can see anywhere in this store. You can, but the walls are lined with things that you can pick up and go buy. You can pick one of those things off the wall. Again, find an Apple person, and they will take your payment. You can also pick up something off the wall, use your Apple Store app, scan it in, pay with Apple Pay on your phone, and walk out. Oh. Well, I'm sure that's what Now, how they do that, do. right, 
how do they do that and know that I didn't just pick it off the store, pretend like I did Apple Pay and walk out? They've got to have people watching and knowing that yeah. that guy did pay for that item and that guy didn't pay for that item. And how, you know, I, but apparently it works for them. They've got technology that's doing that. It's not something I ever want to test. Like, you know, I don't want to test, like just shove it in my pocket and walk out. Um, but, uh, uh, they obviously have some way of tracking that, but it, they, that would make me nervous. But it's a very unconventional setup for a store, and so it is a little disconcerting, and I fully understand your your uh, feelings. Because it's also, like, I, of every store I've ever been in, I, I don't think I've ever been in an Apple store. You know, I've been in an Apple store on, on a weekday, you know, in the middle of the year, and there's people in there. There's just, you know, it's always lots of people in there. Yes. I've never been in one where there isn't a crowd of people and people waiting to be, you know, given some attention you it's know just, and there's lots of things to play with while you're waiting but well that's the point right yeah i guess so i mean but i think it's just it's just the chaos of it all if i walk into any other store i there's customer service you can go to a cash register and get somebody to help you 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 know there are people who are milling about the various um departments or sections you know like say you walk into a home depot you know you're probably gonna may take you a minute but you're gonna find somebody to help you and um it was a customer service and they may not know what to tell you once you find them but 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 you can find them that's a different issue yeah at least you know when you walk in the store where you're going and right in an apple store it just feels chaotic to me yeah no i think you're right i think you're absolutely right and in that there is not they don't have the traditional visual cues to tell you where to go or what to do to get what you want done done. I mean, literally, when you pick something up off of one of their shelves to buy it, there's you, you know, like you you don't even have a cash register to go to to turn you know to go stand in line to pay for this thing. You're like, now what do I do? How do I get how do I get this thing that I have in my hand? How do yeah. I make it mine? Exactly. You know, and if you don't know that, you know, or if they don't, if they're busy and don't come over to you and say, "Hey, can I help you with that right away?" Which they try to, but again, they're really, really busy all right. the time. Um, then what do you do? You're just standing there going, "Like, I want to yes. buy this. <laughs> help me. Yes. <laughs> I would really like to have one of these. <laughs> Came here for this. Exactly. You know. I walk into a yeah. Verizon store, and this is will be the last day because I don't last time I last thing I I mentioned because I don't want to belabor this point. But I walk into a Verizon store, and there's a kiosk where I can sign in. And, um, yeah. you know, and then they, then it's, it's registered that I'm there and why I'm there. And somebody will then come up and say, hi, can I help you? I'll be with you in a second or whatever. And then I feel like, okay, they know I'm here and I feel like a value, a valued, a valued person. Even if the actual wait time is, is the same as it was in the Apple store, I feel like I'm not invisible. Right. Yeah. And again, it's, it's the process and the, the more traditional store cues of, Here's where to go to do things. And in the Apple store, you can be anywhere and do anything, which is great on paper, but it is a little disconcerting. It's like there's no floor beneath you feeling when you walk in and there's a jillion people walking in different directions. And you're like, I'm here to do this. Who do I, who do I even tell that to? How, where do I go? What do I, right. you know, if you, you don't know, um, you know, but a, a lot of it can be solved by just using the, the Apple store app, like I said, but it's, it's. Um, you have to know it's there. Right, exactly, exactly. And there's no, there's nothing even that tells you when you walk in. It's like, hey, check your Apple Store app to check in or or make a purchase. No, it's you know, a simple phone, sign like, doesn't. yeah, unless you're there to you know fix the phone, which is busted. Then, then you're like, okay, now what do I do? <laughs> exactly. 
you know. And I, I think their goal is is that they really want to have somebody there to greet you and sort of say, hey, how can I help you and, and start you in the process. And the problem is is that very often they are so busy that they don't have enough staff to be able to do that. And if they brought more staff in to do that, you wouldn't be able to walk in the store because it's already, yep. uh, you know, an elbow-bumping experience. Yes, it is. Um, you know, or at least it was before COVID. Now it's it's a... It's a it's a service desk, and that's so about I, it. I want to read this. This is from Orange County, a declaration of safe, responsible service. Uh, it's nonpartisan coalition of small business owners, and it's a post on on um, on Instagram that's getting uh, lots of people have signed onto it, and it's getting some traction. Can I read it? Absolutely. We, as responsible small business owners and operators, do hereby declare our intention to protest the current state stay-at-home order and maintain our safety standards of service as set forth by county and state health guidelines. We cannot, in good conscience, allow our employees and their families to have their health and safety jeopardized as resources to them have been exhausted. We will continue and, to, and we will continue and strengthen our mitigation of the potential spread of SARS COVID-19 with the highest standards of safety protocol, including but not limited to outdoor dining, socially distanced seating, mask requirements when not seated, PPE, readily available sanitizer, and uh, to back to back of house, front of house staff, immediate quarantine and isolation of potentially infected employees, barriers to prevent closed quarters transmission between guests, limited capacity, etc. Although eating and drinking establishments, both indoor and outdoor, have shown to increase the potential for viral transmission, a current Current data also indicates that travel and essential shopping have as much as a 10 times more likely chance of transmission than these establishments based on CDC risk assessments. We agree as responsible business owners to commit to staying open with a dedication to public health. Hashtag open safe. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've, I've read several things about that um, over the last couple of days that they were doing this. Um, and, and basically just saying, look, we're, we're no bigger risk than a lot of other things that you say we can do. So why are you picking on us? You know, and, and, you know, that's just beating the mantra of what you've been saying all along, which is these seem to be random, arbitrary decisions about what is shut down and what isn't. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like everything that's a risk is shut down unless of course you have a uh, large enough constituency to hurt me politically and then I'll let you be open there that's you sort of go. what the politicians that's are saying that's it and that's that's the bottom line really yeah, so i have some sad news uh brigadier general chuck yeager has passed away at age 97 okay so have you ever seen the right stuff I saw it when it was released in a ginormous theater in the middle of the week. I was going to school in San Diego, and I went to go see it at this, this uh, like an early showing at like one in the afternoon or something. And this theater is one of those old-style theaters that sat like 2,000 people all in one row that just goes back and back and back and back forever. And the screen was like giant. I mean, it was the size of... of um, of what we now call, you know, IMAX type of screens, different um, screen ratio. Maybe it even was IMAX now that I'm thinking about it. But it was huge out in, in, in San Diego and and watched, it was like a three-hour movie. They actually have a an intermission in that movie where they would, like, give you a five-minute break to go to the bathroom. 
<laughs> not that that's ever stopped me. I just get up and go. But uh, um, yeah, I watched it and loved that movie. That was the first time I'd ever heard of Chuck Yeager. Um, and I don't know if you had heard of him because you grew up in an Air Force family. But um, what mm-hmm. an incredible, fearless human being. I yeah. mean, I, what the things that he did, I, I just boggle the mind. Um, you know, as a test well, pilot back then. Yeah, absolutely. And, and a lot of the stuff that, that he did, nobody knew about because he was doing it in classified airplanes and classified information. So, you know, he was he was basically just some dude for a long, long time. Um, I don't think it was really until the right stuff came out that he was even a guy of note because a lot of that stuff had become uh, unclassified or decla- declassified. He was, um, you know, when he broke the sound barrier, um, he he was... Um, you know that was secret information, so it wasn't made public for a long time. It wasn't like that was in the newspapers, you know. Yep. Um. So. Uh, yeah. You know, he did a lot of um, incredibly uh, brave things in some very scary airplanes over a long period of time. Um, and uh, he was born February twenty third, nineteen twenty three, in. Uh, in just south south of uh, Charleston, he was a uh, born in Myrna, and uh, I to, think probably uh, you know, lived most of his life out by Edwards Air Force Base as a in the Air Force, right? Yeah, isn't that where they were? All yeah, yeah. Pilots? Edwards is where he Edwards is uh, uh, exactly where he lived. Here's a quote from him. He says, "What really strikes me, looking over all those years, is how lucky I was." How lucky, for example, to have been born in 1923 and not 1963, so that I came of age just as aviation itself was entering the modern era. Wow. It's true. Yeah. It's true. A lot of that's timing. It is. You know, you, you're you know, born at the right time as something that 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 uh, you're good at becomes important or, or sees a big, you know, jump in growth. Um. You know, that, uh, you know, in our era, it's it's been a lot of, uh, you know, the 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 ascension of of computers and and Internet technology. Um, You know, one builds on the other, but they uh, were two sort of phases of the technology era, I guess. Yep. But uh, yeah, Chuck Yeager, uh, interesting guy. Um, There's a variety of different movies. He's been played by different actors over the years, but uh I, I want to see the right stuff now. I want maybe this weekend, Tobin and I can watch the right stuff because it it, uh, it tells a story of of that early aviation and, and, and moving into the space uh, space race in the 1960s. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a fu- it's a fabulous movie. Yeah. Uh-oh. Oh, thought I lost. Yeah, he says my. Oh, I'm just uh, just agreeing with you. You're absolutely right. I heard you. So I said, my another quote from me, my accomplishments as a test pilot were more about luck, happenstance, and a person's destiny. But the guy who broke the sound barrier was a kid who swam in the mud river when he swiped watermelon or, or uh, shot the head off a squirrel before I was going to school. So he's just, he's same, same, uh, you know, kid from Appalachia. Uh, so basically what he said. You know, the, the, the kids who grow up, you know, exploring their world kind of, being feral, a little feral, and, you know, getting themselves in, in, in and out of trouble, um, you know, spending their time at the watering hole or, you know, on their 
bikes and all of that. We don't have that. We've talked about this. We have we don't have that in our culture anymore. In many, especially the urban areas, people, uh, their kids, our kids, our lives are very structured and um, uh, chaperoned. And you know, I wonder because it's that kind of pioneering, creative spirit that that's born in childhood that that created America, right? I mean, it's that. Mm-hmm. We don't have that anymore. So what does that mean for us as a culture, as a people, you know, where kids are, they're not, they're just raised so vastly differently than they were before. Yeah. Do you, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah, no, I do. You know, and I mean, it's, it's a combination of nature and nurture, right? And, and our, uh, the way we're raising our children is is well it is for a lot of people i think for some people it's not you know it just depends you know where you live in the country and uh you know the environment that you create for your children based on where you end up living and the type of job you have um you but know, we we certainly clearly... don't have you know un- hours and hours of unstructured time where your mom says uh get out of the house you're driving me crazy and you go knock on your friend's door and you guys disappear for the whole day that doesn't happen anymore well, it certainly doesn't happen around cities. You know, I think that a lot of people who out in the country that they still tell their kids, you know, when I ring the dinner bell, you better come running, and so stay within sound, you know, within earshot of the dinner bell. Um, I think that you know, um, when in fact, just watching that uh, the Hillbilly uh, Elegy movie, you, you see that you know that was not that long ago. I mean, we're talking ten years, and there were kids that were. Now, granted, they were dirt poor, but they were, um, you know, growing up much less structured than we are today in, in where we are here physically. Um, and uh, uh, so, you know, I think that's right largely, but I still think there are places where that's the case, where kids are, are given more unstructured time. Um, but then also I think a lot of that has to do with parenting styles, you know. Um, I have a daughter to this day who who, who will remind me of how, uh, when she was doing school projects that her parent that other kids' parents would do the projects for them and she <laughs> she and and I wouldn't help her and she would get irritated because I wouldn't do it. And it's like, you know, I will get you materials, I will do it, but you're doing the work. That's right, it's um, not my project. And yeah, but in a moment of true reflection she will she will come back and go, Yeah, but if you'd tried to do it, I wouldn't have let you do it. I would have gotten upset. I wouldn't do it myself anyway. Uh and it it made her that much tougher and and more mentally committed to making sure that when she did it, hers was still going to be the best in the classroom. You know, even if the parents were doing the other kids' um, um, models for, oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's a Brinker thing. That's the whole family. But uh, <laughs> the um, yeah, I remember the um, you know when the kids in California we have to do the um, the California missions in um, what was it like fifth grade? grade? It's fourth grade fourth grade they do california missions and usually they have to make a model and very specifically they're told don't go buy a kit you want it we want you to make your own model and she made this gorgeous little model and she got second in her class and the one that got first was clearly done by the kid's parent and in fact the kid even admitted it to her and she was livid livid and from that from that day on she never ever didn't have the best most you know off the top you know difficult designed project for anything you know it's like if they if you they said turn in a model of a molecule you know most people went and bought a foam ball and 
did it. No, no, no. She went and melted down um, gelatin wax and and uh, and and made clear wax with all the parts of the molecule embedded inside the wax. And it was like, holy moly. He's like, okay, well, we'll go buy you the stuff, but I'm not doing it for you. Um, so we're you know, at the and end that's of our show for today, Todd. Yeah. We're actually over time. Oh, we did. We did talk over time, didn't we? Yeah. Well, that whole Chuck Yeager thing threw us off. So. <laughs> <laughs> it, it couldn't. It couldn't have been the rant about the lockdowns and or the other yeah, stuff. But no, anyway. it's okay. We have a lot yeah. to talk about, and we'll have to do so. it again tomorrow. Apparently, Chuck Yeager flew a an F eighty underneath the Charleston Bridge at four hundred and fifty miles an hour in oh October my. of nineteen forty eight. Yeah, apparently he was he was kind of known as a daredevil, and a newspaper asked if he would do it over again so they could get a picture of it, and he goes, you should never strafe the same place twice because the gunners will be waiting for you. <laughs> so he wouldn't do it again. <laughs> he also said, it might sound funny, but I've never owned an airplane in my life. He said, if you're willing to bleed, Uncle Sam will give you all the planes you want. That's true. That's true. What a character. What a character. So here's to Chuck Yeager. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a great day, everybody. We will see you tomorrow.